you guys what's up what's up what's up we are back at the behind the scenes bella podcast i am your host Kalai Shireen and again we have another amazing episode with another amazing guest before I introduce this man I'm telling you he is like a mogul in his own regard like do you know we highlight so many people behind the scenes of other people's success we talking about this is this is a, a giant right now that we about to introduce somebody who actually helps other people pioneer their careers and actually make staples in you know just produce so many great projects everything that you see and know and love is already somebody great behind that project and this is one of the powerful people that are behind the scenes in the industry and are hands-on with a lot of the artists that you guys know and love okay so the guest that I'm about to introduce and y'all know I read the script because it's my show and I do what I want to do this man is so amazing he's so dynamic his name is Mr. Chuck Lane Jr. Not the second. Okay, not the third, but Chuck Lane Jr. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Period. He is from DC. Okay. Neighbor to my city, Philadelphia. He is here in Atlanta, Georgia. He has worked with so many different celebrities. I'm going to give him an opportunity to speak on who he is because the way I feel about it is like he has so much going on. I don't even want to mess up his whole presentation and not give it the glory that it deserves so without further ado i need y'all to clap your hands and put it together for mr chuck lane jr okay yeah yeah, yeah let's do it I, I, I appreciate i appreciate the opportunity yeah my only gripe is i'm the only chuck lane no i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. you know what i'm saying shout out to my ain't, pops ain't, ain't nobody shout else out to like him and native, I think you said it all. You know, native of Southeast Washington D.C. D- Shout out to right. the South Side. Uh, <laughs> born and raised there my whole life. Proud Washingtonian, and I'm just excited to be here. Yeah, it's the first Philadelphia native I done sat down with that <laughs> really? ain't an Eagles fan. <gasps> You know what I'm saying? I got I, a lot I of thought love you about to say period. I'm about to nah, say really. Like, <laughs> you good money. Once you told me you weren't really in the football, we was good. But when, <laughs> when if you just said oh, I'm an Eagles fan, I'd have been like, bro, you got to reschedule me. <laughs> the bro. interview over. Yeah, interview's See, over. See y'all, I couldn't even do it. Guarantee. <laughs> but you know what? I hear y'all. He is a big Leo, big Leo, big All lion, day. big energy in the building. You feel me? This guy right here, y'all know I'm a Libra, so I I love Leos. We always have so much fun on the show. So. Chuck, I just like I said, I thank you for being here. Um, tell us like what you are doing right now behind the scenes. I'm, I want to kind of talk about what you're doing right now, but I'm also going to dive into how you got to where you are. But tell us what you're doing right now. All right, so that's amazing. I, again, I, I can't say it enough. I appreciate the opportunity to sit down <laughs> with you. So for me, um, I just actually concluded uh, working alongside Jacqueline Carr and her whole team I love on her. the You Will Win Conference 2023, um, kind of working behind the scenes, working with all of the likes of Charles Jenkins, uh, wow. Reginald Sharp, uh, man, just a lot of other big names. I can't remember everybody that was there. You got to forgive he be me because it's, big still, things. He um, like it's still a blur, but I've had the opportunity to – also tour along with I toured with Maverick City Music. Um, I love Maverick on their first City. tour alongside uh, Lecrae. Uh, it's man, it's been a lot. Like working with the likes of other different radio radio personalities, television personalities. So it's been a really really dope ride. You could have never told me coming from Southeast DC that I get the opportunity to be um, in some of the rooms I'm able to be in. I can't imagine. First of all, Maverick City. Shout out to Gyra, one of the oh my gosh, one of these songs that's like. 
amazing to me. My son put me on a song. And I was like, what? Are you serious? He's like, no, mom, you got to get with this group. I did like, amazing. <laughs> so like, to their defense, like, I'm going to be all the way real. Uh-huh. Like, you got, like, church, church, and then uh-huh. you got, like, white worship, right? Oh, white so worship. I had no idea that they were as big as they were right until i went on tour with them oh so my gosh. we was out there and it's like covid like pre-covid <laughs> and it's like thousands it's and thousands. thousands of people and i mean every tour day yes. was like sold out it was like foreign to me like people weren't worrying about mm-hmm. covid or none of that mm-hmm. like guaranteed you're gonna yeah. be sick if you rub elbows like they weren't worrying about nothing like but the the presentation the way they did it was just it was amazing, but the dopest part was they were just regular people once the show was over. Yeah. Like, it was just really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. They got a, um another group like that. They sang Oceans. I can't think Hillsong. of Hillsong. Hillsong. Yes, Hillsong. They got that same kind of vibe yeah. to them, too. That's what's up. So, I know, um, like, I want to know, especially behind the scenes. We highlight everything behind the scenes here. Mm-hmm. So, starting out in your career, tell me how it was coming from dc making your way like i don't know if you was 13 16 when did you start how how did you find that passion that i want to help other people execute their dreams you know so i actually started at about 10 years old i knew you um, was a lot young. of people don't do uh, I knew you a lot was of young. people don't uh, don't know this but i used to do music um and so i started with uh with one of my mentors man he used to work for bt uh, shout out to jason man i always try to give him his flowers yeah he's single-handedly responsible for uh, the man that you see today. Wow. Um, and so he was a BT producer at the time. And I remember just going up to him in the hood. And I was like, hey, bro, can you write me a song? And at the yeah. time, he was kind of at the height of his career. So he said, I got you. And usually in the hood, most dudes would say, they got you. And, and, they don't and, never and, you, and you never back. get got. Um, but in <laughs> his case, like he was a man of his word. He came back to me about three months later. And he was like, Yo, I got that song. And so for me, the, the the only stipulation was like, all right, we gonna do this, but you gotta keep your grades up in school. Mm-hmm. Like he was an avid, um, I, I dare not say education person, but he was big on making sure that you had the knowledge to go along with the stuff you was talking about on your records. Right. So he wrote the record, uh, we recorded it, and the rest was history. Um, he we we did about three records, and then after that, he said, all right, I ain't gonna write for you no more. Side note, Drake, I'm I'm gonna own the fact that I had a ghostwriter for my first three songs, but after that. <laughs> I was on my own. Listen. I was on my own. And so from there, he introduced me to media and television. He started letting me uh, work the games. He used to commentate for the University of District of Columbia. Shout out wow. to the Firebirds. And um, he would let me commentate the games in his absence. And it just went from there. Like, it just developed. I developed a love for it from there. When we would do live events, so if we were doing, th- he was involved in theater and mm-hmm. plays. So when we would go out and do those, he would have me working behind the camera shooting uh shooting his plays yeah anything he was doing theatrical or like just with the arts he would have me involved getting that exposure and it just struck up a love from there like and and music continued to grow and i did music until a certain point but it was like once i got in this media space and i saw what it exposed me to i was like oh what's up from here yeah wow so what was your first big deal like what was your first major deal where you was like i arrived like i made it like or you felt like this I, this is what i'm supposed to be doing well to be honest like i don't ever really feel like that Ooh. like i i look like I, I look at every opportunity for what i can give versus what i could get see there um, we go there we go and i think that but if i had to pinpoint like one example you know as a as a music artist it was when i had the opportunity to open for Ernest Pugh. Um, oh. And at the time, he had a record called I Need Your Glory. 
Listen. And they called me and they was like, yo, can you, can you open for them? And to get the opportunity to open for such a big artist at that time, it was just really, really cool. I can um, imagine. You know, I remember he coming up after, to me afterwards. I had on like this uh, this military green jacket, and he was uh he was uh, he was in the army, and he was like, "Man, I like that jacket, man." But but aside <laughs> from that jacket, man, as far as your gift, like I think you got it. Because uh, I was always one of them artists that I didn't really care about. Like I wanted you to not just be able to play my music, but yeah. pray my music. Mm. So when you took the music away, I wanted you to be able to be like, man, what was he actually saying? Yeah. And then being able to refer that back to something that eventually would change your life. Um, and so that was the big, big opportunity. Well, that was the first big one that I had the opportunity was when I was able to open for him. Um, another time in my childhood, I was able to uh, perform with the late great or in front of the late great Chuck Brown, okay, and then pre- uh, present him with the Lifetime Told Achievement Award. Um, that was really really dope because Chuck Brown is a, is a, a go go mm-hmm. legend in Washington D.C. So yeah. to get the opportunity to do go go is big there uh, <laughs> is dope. Uh, so those were the those were two uh, opportunities, if you would, that uh, that made me feel like oh, okay, cool. But again, when it comes to opportunities, I don't ever really feel like there's one where it's like. I'm there. I'm there. Like, yeah. I don't ever really feel like that. I look at opportunities for what I can give them versus what I can get. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I just told my mentee this morning, I said, you know, you can't love without giving and you can't give without loving. And that's always been one of my principles. Like everything I do throughout life, somebody going to say I gave them something. Yeah. Like that's just my philosophy. Like if I, if you met me, they you they gonna say oh she gave me something yeah. whether it was monetary whether it was a word whether it was encouragement you know that's what I live by so mm-hmm. I think that's what keeps you blessed and keep you grounded when you're able to have that heart posture to say I want to be able to give like that's where you know you get your reciprocity where you sowing seeds into people's lives mm-hmm. you know by that so I think and you talking to I, I mean I feel your anointing like coming from my shoulder Chuck so I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> you a man of God, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel the fire coming like on absolutely. the left side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> absolutely. So were absolutely. you raised in the church? Did you like grow up in the church? Were you like a pew pastor? Like when you were a kid? Like how did that happen? That, I, I definitely I definitely was not a pew pastor. Okay. However, um my mother was uh she was real big in the church. Um shout out to my mother. She she um Shout out to mom. She uh Man, my mom's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I try to give. And you just met that just thing, now. right? Yeah, that's my, that's my girl. <laughs> he had to step so, back, mom. He was like, you know so what? She here's is the cool amazing. thing about me and my mother. Uh, our birthday is actually the same day. Really? She yeah. a Leo too? She is. She is all of it too. Oh. All of it. <laughs> Shout um, out to mom. You know, I'll be me honest. Her gonna get along too. The only beef I got with the doctor was that he and be like, let me get my own day. But you know I what? I counted as a joy to be born on the same day as her. That's um, but cute. but speaking of of my mom, like she was big in the church, um, and even when I didn't understand it, like she always tried her best to point us to the word in some ways. And so even when we were going to the left, she would always do her best to point us back yeah. to what we're supposed to be doing. And so she always tell me all the time, you know, son, you train up a child in the way he should she go. go, and when he's old, he should not depart. And so yeah. now, as I'm growing older, um, I I haven't departed. Yeah, you know, it might not look the same. As it as it did before, mm-hmm. um, because I've had to grow and find my own way. But I definitely think that those seeds were planted. Absolutely. Um, you know, 
I've, I've been blessed because I think that I've had mentors along the journey. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got some people that's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm way, way far. Right. Like I, as I look back over my life, like I think that I've been blessed at every step mm-hmm. to not venture like too, too far. Right. Like, to the left where you can't come back. There. Yeah. <laughs> if I went left, it was like, some, like an OG right there. Like, you know, that ain't really you. Right. Like I, I can recall in elementary school, <laughs> I hollered at this drug dealer and he was showing me how he stashed crack. <laughs> And he was don't sure, ask me wait, why. He gave you a lesson elementary on school, how to, how to stash wait, crack. what grade was you in? Was you at Too least? young to be knowing how to stash crack. That, that grade. And I remember, man, he showed me that. But here's the cool thing. Like, when God got something different for you, like, he showed me that, you know, did what he did. But after showing me that, he said, but, bro, that ain't going to be your path. Oh, like you gonna do something different. Like you ain't you ain't gotta do this. And I'm a young kid at the time, and I'm talking to this drug dealer. I'm like, man, that's job. I'm thinking, I'm fascinated. I'm like, that's dope. How right? You you, you about to stay? So I'm about the to police stand. run up on you right, right now. Right. You good? You. He's like, that ain't gonna be your that ain't gonna be your journey, bro. <laughs> and I don't know what he's up to now, but it's just like those little moments. Yeah, that you knew God was like right there in your midst. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that too. Like even when I tried to like veer, and I granted, I left home. Y'all know I left home when I was sixteen. You know, that's no news to nobody. I started mm-hmm. selling drugs and I wasn't teaching people how to stash crack. Or nothing. Wow. But I was ministering while I was selling drugs. Like, can you imagine that? Like, I was the drug dealer. I had this one client where she went to go buy drugs from me. And wow. I'm telling her, I said, you shouldn't be doing this. Mind wow. you, I don't know what drug dealer going to talk themselves out of a sale. Wow. But now I don't know none. <laughs> so I don't know. I told her I was like, you need to clean yourself up. I was like, this is not cool. You got kids, you got this going on and so on and so forth. And she was just she received the message. I I'm pretty sure she still was smoking crack after that. But it was the fact that I wasn't even willing to sell her the drugs if, because I wasn't a hand to hand or no way. Right. So I ended up one of the guys who was working for me at the time. He couldn't serve the community at that particular time. Wow. So I had to take over wow. and I was giving her, I said, I said, you should not be using this drugs. Wow. And she just was looking at me like her face was, you know, you could tell when somebody receiving the word, but she also still wanted to be high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just guy always had those kind of special experiences with me where I felt like he had his hand on me. Yeah. No matter where I was, no matter how dangerous the situations, I've, like, seen people die in front of my face. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how crazy the situation was, he protected me some kind of way. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful that that man even – that you can remember. You see how pivotal that was where you, like, I was in elementary school, but I remember that message. I remember it. Yeah, Yeah, that was the message that you got that, you know, it wasn't going to be you and it wasn't for you. So I'm just grateful that, you know, you're here in, in this place in Christ that, you know, you're be, you're being able to touch people, yeah. you know, in such a way that they're able to perform at a high level. Like the stars that you just named, Ja'Kaylin Carr, I remember when she came out with the olive has, you know, three yeah. stages for its <laughs> oil to flow. Okay. Yeah. It has the shaking, the beating and the pressing. Okay. And when she wow. came out, I was just like, this little girl finna be something. And then here we are. Look at how, you know, look at how much she's grown. I'm just so, 
you know, fascinated by how we take our dreams and just spin it into gold, like what you've done. Wow. So just moving forward, I see you got a ring on your finger. Uh-huh. And I'm nosy. So you married? Yeah, definitely married. Big married. <laughs> and you big nosy, but we good. We good. We good. <laughs> Man, Listen, because we talk about relationships on this podcast. Let's do it. I'm telling you, we talk about relationships. I came out with a relationship how-to guy. He could be faithful. So everybody knows I always ask people questions because it's a best-selling book. So I want to know how long you and your wife been married. Oh, so y'all see that pause? That Look. pause is because you're supposed to know that. Like, right off. So this, <laughs> this year, Look. this year make. Six years? Oh, see, that's because it's yeah. been a minute. I, now I was about to say, if it's been yeah. six months, I'm going to be like, yeah. Neil, you don't yeah. remember? She, you got to understand. Been... Like, soon, if, if they ain't get that answer right, yeah, yeah, it's consequences it's six, behind the wrong answer. It's been six Please years. Please know that. Yeah, six years. It's been six. Shout out to your wife. Shout out. Shout out to my amazing wife. Yeah. I couldn't sit here if she wasn't her who she was. I know that's right. Yeah. See, every every guest that every man that we bring on this show, y'all, do you see how hyped they be up to talk about their wives? Do you see? Yeah. This is like such a blessing. So I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What did your wife do like six years ago that made you, or did you even know before six years ago that she was going to be pivotal in your life and, and be able, like the one that changed everything for you? So for me, I see how quick I can answer that. So, <laughs> so, so two things. So I always desired to be married. Um, you because you know when I got saved, like the people that I was around, like everybody was married, and they made marriage look so cool, right? Um, and so for me, like I always had this desire to, you know, want to have one woman that I could love and die with and build a family with. Um, and so for for me, as it pertains to my wife, like to be honest, like when you're in the the music space and when you're in that like entertainment space, you just want to be with somebody who don't really care about that. And with with me, or when it comes to my wife, the blessing for me is that she made me comfortable just being me. Mm. And so I didn't have to, when I was around her, I didn't have to be the guy she saw on the stage. Right. I didn't have to be the guy that, you know, she might have saw even now, like, working with these different people. Like, mm -hmm. she don't really care about that. Like, that's cool. But mm -hmm. she loved me for me. Is so, she in like, the industry too? Like she is. She like she's actually a photographer. She's a creative okay. director. Like she's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the amazing stuff y'all gonna see throughout this presentation is her. Mm. I don't really be doing the social media thing and pictures and all that. Like that's really like her thing. And yeah. you know everything that I might have wanted to do, whether it was video vlogs and encouraging people. Like when y'all see that stuff on my Instagram, like that's her behind the camera. That's her yeah. on the lighting. That's her on the the, you know what they call this? Uh, the decor <laughs> behind it. That's, that's all her. Look, shout um, out to the wife. You know, but she's amazing. And, um, you know, for me, like, she just made me comfortable just being me. Yeah. Um, and then we also, you know, we shared a lot of similarities. Okay. Um, I learned years after we were together, like, that her family and my family grew up, like, two houses from each other in mm -hmm. the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, my father shared stories with me about her family. Her grandmother yeah. will share stories with me about my father. Um, and so for me, it's just, it's a full circle moment, man. But she's amazing. But did it make mm -hmm. it easier because she was kind of like understanding uh, because she's a photographer and like, you know, in the industry in some capacity, did it make it easier for you guys to gel? 
Like, do you think it would have lasted with somebody who was not in the industry or maybe like at a traditional nine to five job or, you mm. know, that structure that you, you don't really have at that particular time? You know, I think that's a good question. I don't I don't know. Like, I and we had that we've had that dialogue before. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think that it take a certain type of person to stand beside a certain yeah. type of person. It's gonna take a specific, special type of man to stand beside someone like yourself. Yeah. You know, who got all of these different things going because when you get into the entertainment space or in the entrepreneur field in general, like yeah. you gotta have somebody who can understand how you think. Yeah. And even if they don't all the way get it right away, mm-hmm. like at a certain point growth gotta kick in to where they catch up. And right. so even now, like in first transitioning to Atlanta, she didn't all the way get it. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, Hey man, God's saying do this. <laughs> And she was just like, Look, all right. And you know when God say. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know when God say you got to but, go. But it was hard because I was in one breath like God say, and then another breath I'm scared. Right. And, and Look, I, I don't know if God like, said it like She looked at me one day after going back and forth several times, and she said, Negro, if that's the direction that we're going, just lead. Oh. That's what she's out. See, and that see, was that, that line changed my life. Uh-huh. And she said, if that's the direction we're going, just lead. Ooh. And because of those words, I just went for it. Ooh. And I literally started. See, I'll never wife, forget his it. His wife made me do like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you <laughs> if it wasn't for the words. Yeah. Because I was scared. Like, I was trying to make it all make sense. And, yeah. Well, if I got this much saved and if I got this. And then I heard Stephen Furtick say, you don't need full details to be obedient. Ooh. And then I said... All right. Y'all getting it? Time to go. I think what you just said about what she said was most women hate the word submission. How you just said, don't matter where we going, just lead. Mm -hmm. That was strength under subjection. What she just did was she realized that she had all the power in the world to empower you to go. Absolutely. And she put that underneath subjection. That's all submission is. So I think to, in, in totality, to me, that's why you married her. Yeah. Because she sounds like a, a submissive woman. And not saying docile. I'm talking about understanding putting her strength underneath subjection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like she could she could go from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> <laughs> she done turned Drake on. But See, I done she, made you uh, holy name. He done said you could turn zero to yeah, real quick. But she knows, okay, kind of like when to, <laughs> when to tone it down. And and that for me, like, helps. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just, it's certain qualities about her. It's her gentleness. It's the way that she, uh, she can smile. Like, I, as I was preparing for this, I was like, what you think about this? What you think about this? And she was like, well, do this. And I had all this stuff I needed. And what I was going to send ain't look nothing like what she chose. Yeah. And so every, everything y'all got is what she picked. <laughs> is what she Just picked so for up. The record. Right. But yeah, man, she's amazing. Like, That's man, what's up. I'm glad. So me, I feel like um I want to know and I know you have worked with so many people in the industry. We have our quals, our you know, trials, tribulations, stuff that go good stuff that goes bad like what was like the highlight or the most hardest or pivotal moment of like your career like where did that happen for you the hardest most pivotal moment of my career yeah is moving to atlanta mm-hmm. like i'm from dc like before mm-hmm. i left dc i was working in for mgm resorts 
Okay. Uh, collectively, I think me and my wife were doing anywhere between hundred and thirty, hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Oh, that's great money. Um, it was great. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do when God say go this way? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I was scared. Uh, I came to Atlanta with enough money to move into my apartment. Everything I owned was in a U-Haul trailer on the back of my car. Um, the pivotal moment, I would say, is learning to embrace loss. Mm-hmm. Because you know when you when you follow God, like you think it's oh it's gonna be cool, like he gonna be straight, but then you go through what I call what I was what, what was referred to as the stripping. So what happens when you start losing stuff? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and you can you can barely like make ends meet, mm-hmm. but then you still gotta hold on to what God said. Yeah, like I can remember the first church service I ever went to. I remember when I got here and I was sitting in the back and I was bawling, crying, like weeping. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking over at my wife and I said, I know God sent us here. Mm. And I I mean, like, and so the thing, the, the, the pivotal change for me was growing to understand, like, all right, God sent us here, right? Mm-hmm. And having to accept that it ain't going to look like anything I've ever seen. And so I thought just because, oh, man, God sent us here. Everything going to be cool. Provision going to be there. It don't work that way. Yeah. Like, if he just sent you somewhere and just gave you the keys, like, you wouldn't have a character to handle it. Yeah. And people forget that God care more about your character than your craft. So all the cool stuff you can do, like, that's dope. Yeah. But what happens when the lights go off? What happens when the mics go away? Like, who are you at home? Like, those things matter. And those moments are perfected in those moments where you don't have it. When you try and figure it out, when they might put a eviction notice on your door, mm-hmm. those moments I perfected those. So, the, so the pivotal moment for me was like moving, because yeah. I remember going back and forth, back and forth, and and just being unsure. Like I ain't know if I was hearing God. Like I ain't know. Yeah. And but but to get here and to see what my life has become, like I keep saying it, because like really coming from Southeast DC, like it ain't too many guys that I grew up with that can say, man, I done been in the rooms with the ETs of the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, people that y'all see on Instagram every day, like, I can hit their phones. And I don't say that to, like, boast. No, but you know that's, some, yeah, like, that's a big I, deal. But I say it humbly because what coming to Atlanta showed me was that there's a place for you just as you are. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. have to try to compromise. You don't have to try to be something you're, or someone that you're not. Mm-hmm. You could be exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's a place for you. Mm-hmm. And, and people are prepared to receive you as you are. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like you, And you, even when you speak, I feel like it's a special anointing on you already. Like God is just moving in your life, especially in terms of growth and development mm-hmm. in this next phase of your life. Like what, you know when we get to new phases and new levels, it has to be lessons, you know, that, like you said, like the hardships and things and trials and tribulations that you have experienced that makes you better, that gives you that triumphant victory after you have experienced, you know, so much. Like, were there any times, like, during your career where you just had the roughest experience and it's like, you know, it has to be some sort of memoir to be produced from this it has to be some sort of triumphant victory from this moment like t- like just tell us a time about like where that that you felt that exposure 
man, that's you know, to be honest, like I'm thinking about it and I'm like, dang, like were there ever like it's been so many of those moments, right? And but but as you were speaking, the one moment that comes to mind is I remember like I was standing in my kitchen <laughs> and in this field, like, you know, our phones are it's pivotal to what we do. Mm-hmm. Like people can't call you like it's a big deal. And uh I remember standing in my kitchen and uh and you know, I I was uh I was out of it, man. Like I ain't had no money. Like I had just paid rent, I had just enough to pay rent. And uh everything else was off. Like I mean the lights was cool. Like I, I think I ha- I might have had internet. Nah, internet was off at the time. But I had my phone and I had my roof. And uh the phones had gotten turned off. I think the phone bill was like eight hundred dollars. And uh I called T Mobile. Well, I ain't gonna let me be real. Like I'ma just, you know, let's take it off for a second, keep it real. I uh I was standing in the kitchen in my kitchen at the time and I just took shots. I don't even remember what I was doing. I was taking shots. And I was taking shots and I was crying. I take another shot, keep crying. And I was like, all right, God, I don't know what to do. I ain't got no money. Like I you know I need my phone. And I remember calling T Mobile. With eight hundred dollar balance, they was, I was like, yo, I ain't, I ain't got no money. I, I, my phone is essential to what I do. And they were like, the guy was like, hey, let me come back to the phone. And next thing I knew, I just started getting all these messages. Mind you, the phone's off, but I start. He's like, let me put you on hold. I start getting all these messages, and he comes back and he says, listen, man, your balance has been fully forgiven. And I was like, huh? And then he explained to me, like, yo, like, we don't normally do this, but we're going to set you up on this, like, deferred payment schedule. Like, we're going to break your bill down over, like, the next eight months. But for right now, for, like, the next two months, you ain't going to owe no money. Wow. Now, the reason I think that is important is because I wasn't in my kitchen, like, praying, like, hey, God, what should I? Like, I was in my kitchen crying, taking shots, looking for an answer. And in that, God felt it necessary to speak to me, even through that moment, to be like, go this way. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where I had to remind, where I had to be reminded, and I try to remind people as well, to be open to the ways that God speak. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we be looking for like this audible voice, but it might be... He, you might look down at the flower that's on your shoe. See that plug? Yeah. You might look down at the flower that's on your you shoe. You fools. And you get a you get a revelation through that. Mm-hmm. But you could be looking for the audible voice. Yeah. And a lot of times it just could come in the form. You know, you just gotta be open, man. And it's just, um, can you imagine owing some money and you ain't got nothing to your name? Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And it's just like you don't even know how you going. And in yeah. some kind of way, it's like it's just out of nowhere.